for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Cutting through the clutter, this is the Misty Winston Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show. We're right here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me today. Um, So we have a great show, awesome show. Andy Worthington's here. You guys know I love him. He is uh, the Guantanamo guy, as I always call him. Um, It's really not even doing him justice. He is the guy on all things Guantanamo. So we're going to get an update from him uh, about uh, all of the currently held prisoners that are still there. Um, I know Mansoor Daifi has been touring around, uh, who is a former detainee, uh, doing a lot of amazing work it's so cool to see him out traveling like he's just such a cool if you don't know who Mansoor Daifi is uh you should go check out his book uh that he wrote uh listen to interviews with him he was on this show a while back um he's just despite everything that he's been through being um illegally detained tortured he's such a positive guy and he has just um a zest for life he's just uh he's just a joy to watch so uh definitely check him out uh so I'm very excited to have Andy here he's also been doing a lot of really important writing on Palestine um on Gaza the situation the genocide taking place in Gaza so uh, very excited to have Andy here. We're going to be bringing him in momentarily. Uh, really quickly, though, um, uh, just a quick reminder, wherever you happen to be watching and or listening to this show, do me a favor, subscribe, follow, share, comment, all of those things. Um, as I'm sure you can imagine, TNT Radio is, um, you know, shadow banned and suppressed and algorithmically challenged and all of that stuff. So um, all of that, all of those little things, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, um, all of that commenting uh, in the comment section. Even if it's just, hey, what's up? Uh, all of that stuff genuinely does help uh, in terms of the algorithm and getting uh, the shows out uh, and getting TNT in front of more people. So um, uh, do me a favor and do that really quickly um, uh, as you are listening in. And also, don't forget to check out the TNT Radio Shop. As I mentioned yesterday, um, I did not get my puffer jacket for Christmas. I'm very upset about it. My husband's in big trouble. Uh, but my birthday is next week, so I'm going to be treating myself to that. But the TNT Radio Shop has tons of amazing stuff, literally um something for everyone if you need some coasters if you want a shirt if you want a hoodie if you're if you need a coffee cup if your pet needs some gear i mean there's something for everyone so go check it out get yourself from gear uh, get yourself some gear help us spread the word obviously that is an amazing way to uh get more get more people familiar with the work being done here at tnt radio uh so definitely check that out okay really quickly before we dive into the show i want to talk about epstein and i know that we kind of talked about this with adam maybe last week or something like that uh there was the announcement that they're going to be releasing um, over 170 names uh, of the uh, so-called list, which there isn't a list. Uh, If you listen to Whitney Webb, there really isn't any list, quote unquote list. There is a client book um, that they have names of, but I don't think that we're ever going to see any of that. Um, But I wanted to talk about it because I'm seeing a lot of chatter on social media today, and I feel like the conversation is so misdirected in my opinion there's a lot of obviously speculation about who's on the list and obviously bill clinton's on there and prince andrew's on there and all of this other stuff oh zendaya's on there zendaya is i don't even think she's old enough to have been uh on the airplane um so but the reason i wanted to talk about this and my friend clint russell actually tweeted out uh something that it 
that's exactly what I was thinking. So I'll just read you what he said, and then we'll we'll chat a little bit about it. Uh, so Clint said, and you can follow him by the way on Twitter at Liberty Lockpod. He hosts uh, the Liberty Lockpod. Uh, uh, I think it's called Liberty Lockdown or something like that. Um, uh, great show if you're a libertarian. He's fantastic. I'm not, but we're friends, and he's great. Um, so he tweeted out: Most people want the Epstein flight log to be released because they want justice. For me, when you have a pedophile ring of intelligence assets that traffic kids to politicians, murdered the top guy in prison buried the client list for years and clearly had the FBI running cover. The only justice will be the abolition of every government agency involved. There is no justice to be found functioning under a government that would destroy the innocence of hundreds of kids, probably thousands, uh, for political control. You live under a broken system for a multitude of reasons, but this one case alone should turn you into an abolitionist. If you're being honest with yourself, you know what I'm saying is true. And yes, um, we know, I mean, listen, don't come for me, allegedly, because, you know, legal reasons. Uh, but Epstein was Mossad-affiliated. Uh, Gilly Maxwell's father is famously very Mossad-affiliated. Uh, he was a high-level spook. Um, we know that this is an intelligence-run operation, and that should be a red line for all of us. It, we, uh, when your government agencies, our government agencies were running a global child sex trafficking ring in order to entrap and manipulate people uh, who were elected into office and other world leaders, that's disgusting. That is, uh, I mean, I, I really, I genuinely don't have words for that. And I feel like so many people are being distracted by the clickbait salacious TMZ aspect of who's on the list and who was on the plane this many times and who went to the island this many times. And listen, all of that is is important because every single one of those people needs to be tried and punished. Um, but we need to have a broader conversation about what the Epstein uh, uh, organization was doing. How, how were they doing it? Who was funding them? What was the purpose of the whole organization? So don't lose track of that. I mean, this is something that it's, it's fascinating to me that more people aren't, uh, we should be in the streets about this. Hundreds, if not thousands of kids were sex trafficked by government to manipulate and entrap people to control them uh legislators world leaders you you name it they they all uh, hollywood people you name it, it that's so mind-blowing to me that that was taking place and uh, there aren't more there isn't more uh just full-on outrage if anything should get you in the street uh it should be the abuse of children and this was a massive uh, child abuse ring. It's just sickening to me. I just, it it blows my mind. So um, but don't be too distracted by all of the salaciousness of this stuff. Try to stay focused and demand accountability. We l Legitimate justice. I don't want names. I want prosecutions, lots of them. Um, and as Clint says, the abolition of all of these uh, uh, agencies who were backing it, covering it up, supporting it, running it, they all need to go away today. Um, okay, don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at Sarcasm Stardust. Check out the Substack, mistywinston.substack.com. Again, please be patient. I am currently running that as Indy takes a break, so I'm not very good at that stuff. So please be patient with me. Uh, and if you would like, you can shoot me an email, mistywinston at tntradio.live. And if you miss your favorite TNT radio show uh, or interview, you can listen back whenever you want, wherever you want. Conveniently, we have our very own app, uh, which you can download on uh, the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also visit the Episodes tab on the TNT Radio website. And then, of course, we're on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. So there's no reason for you to miss out on anything right here on TNT Radio. Your voice heard here. The government needs to step up and do its job. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
All right, with 2023 barely in the rearview mirror, not even two full days into the new year. Crazy, right? Uh, 2023 felt like forever. Uh, and the narrative that massive amounts of, listen, the narrative that massive amounts of policing of online speech will be vital for 2024, which happens to be an election year, has already begun. Here with this story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. So, Adam, this is big. They um, uh, the, the censorship conversations have been uh, uh, going on for a very long time, but they have been seriously ramped up in the face of an election year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they waited two days uh, rather than two <laughs> minutes to start coming out with it. It has begun. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, shout out to ReclaimTheNet.org, a wonderful website, by the way, in case you're missing out on that, people um, who brought this to my attention basically it hit my news desk today uh but yeah the legacy media outlet the guardian aren't they great uh did a piece uh yesterday about kate starbird uh if you don't know who that is you'll hear a little bit about her but we'll just say that she's basically a misinformation researcher yeah yeah mm -hmm. uh but this this article about her by the guardian has already complained that there may be less censorship ahead of the 2024 elections oh no and claimed that representative jim jordan's committee's reports on big tech government censorship collusion are based on, quote, outlandish claims, end quote. Yeah, they, they find it outlandish that we have a problem with them, uh, you know, infringing on our right to free speech. That's what's going on here. Uh, this is ignoring the fact that an injunction was successfully placed on the Biden administration for its censorship pressure on big tech, a case that will actually be ruled on by the Supreme Court this year. Keep my eye on that one. Uh, in an era where the policing of online speech is increasingly contentious, Kate Starbird's role in combating what she terms election misinformation has placed her squarely in the midst of a heated debate. Oh, my. As a leading figure at the University of Washington's Center for an Informed Public. Can't say that with a straight face. Starbird <laughs> has actively engaged in documenting what she and her team perceive as misinformation during the 2020 elections, particularly focusing on claims of voter fraud. However, Starbird's approach and her team's actions have not been without controversy, you don't say. Critics argue that their efforts amount to a form of censorship, infringing upon free speech. This criticism extends beyond Starbird's team to a broader national trend where researchers engaged in similar work face accusations of partisanship and censorship, challenging the principles of free expression. Jim Jordan, the aforementioned chair of the House Judiciary Committee has emerged as a key figure in opposing what he views as the overreach of these researchers. He has focused on investigating groups and individuals involved in counteracting misinformation, especially in the context of elections and COVID-19. Central to the controversy is the practice of working alongside government entities and flagging content to social media platforms, which some argue, including myself, leads to undue censorship and violates First Amendment rights. So you get the idea with that one. Uh, according to the Guardian piece, Starbird's shift in terminology from, quote unquote, misinformation to words like rumors could be seen by some as a strategic move to distance her work from the increasingly politicized nature of the term, but one that could be even more contentious, i.e. the idea that rumors should be policed isn't likely to go over well with those that are already tired of online censorship. Uh, similarly, uh, we had a New Year's Eve episode of Face the Nation, uh, where CBS's senior business and technology correspondent, Joe Ling Kang, Joe Ling Kent, took her time to criticize Elon Musk for allowing free speech on his platform X. How dare he? 
Kent notably <laughs> highlighted the limitations placed on censorship due to the, quote, arguments and protections of free speech. And they're literally crying about the fact that free speech makes it more difficult for them to censor us, which is a critically important thing to do this year, Misty, because, you know, elections. This is insane. Here we go. Yeah, here we go indeed. And listen, they've been building to this for a long time, right? I mean, we've been, you and I have been talking about this uh, for months now. I mean, this is kind of what I've been talking about for years. And by the way, my friend Paula's in the chat. Shout out to Paula. Paula's a, a fellow Assange activist in Boston. She runs an amazing group there. If you're in Boston, uh, hit her up and uh, get active over there. Um, uh, but yes, they have been building up to this level of censorship for a very long time. This is what the whole, uh, the, the invention of the term misinformation and fake news and all of that stuff they've been building uh, to this for and i cannot recommend enough again i'm going to mention her twice in uh the in one opening here but whitney webb has been doing fantastic work on the build-up to this in fact she just she just did uh an amazing interview with natalie brunell um who i'm not super familiar with i think she's kind of a bitcoin type of a person i'm not positive but she uh talked about the work that she's done on the cti league which um you may have heard in recent days i think matt taibbi and michael schellenberger have been doing some uh work exposing their uh censorship stuff uh, but it goes a lot deeper than that and i think that people need to be very mindful i mean we can i think anybody i think the tnt listener obviously can feel it it's we're building to something big and Whitney talked about a potential uh, type uh, like a cyber 9-11 type of a situation um, we've been they've been trying to warn us that the internet could go down and what would we do and they've been kind of prepping us for that type of a situation um, and I think the more that they lose control over the narrative and the more that people fight back against the censorship the more that's likely to happen so yeah all of this is very terrifying um, and it, first of all this misinformation expert I don't even have words for how stupid that is. <laughs> so it's a made up thing. It's not a real thing. That's not a real thing. Uh, misinformation is just a ridiculous term that they invented in order to justify censorship. That's all that that is. So yeah, uh, not a surprise to you or I or the TNT listener and or viewer uh, that this is taking place, but it is going to continue to escalate. There's no question about it. And as they lose control over the narrative, watch out, because that is when bad, really bad things happen. But what do you think about this, Adam? Surely this is fine, right? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I am I personally can't wait to have my online speech censored in the name of uh, a fair and safe democratic process, such as voting <laughs> for the United States president, because we know how fair and safe that process is, Misty, don't we? I mean, like, seriously, these people get tapped inside secret societies. They're picked ahead of time. They're selected, not elected, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, maybe one day in our lifetime, but I won't hold my breath, that we might actually see a fair election take place. But God only knows what that might look like. That means you're voting for, like, your neighbor rather than some weird stranger who was rich and famous one time. Right. Uh, but literally, though, Adam, I have said this a million times before. I think I've tweeted about it numerous times. I would genuinely rather go into my local grocery store and grab somebody out of the cereal aisle and make them president than vote for any of the turds who run for president. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I am genuinely I have more faith in a random stranger at the grocery store than I do in any of the psychopaths who are currently in control or seeking control. Um. So, yeah. And it's it's crazy. Like this. Uh, we keep this is a also um 
uh, something that we keep hearing repeated that we have to destroy democracy in order to protect democracy. It's very strange that they're trying to sell that, but like taking Trump off the ballot, who, I'm not a Trump fan, but the, they're couching that as we have to take him off the ballot to save democracy. Well, that's not very democratic. Dude's been charged, not even been, um, uh, he's not even been charged with anything, let alone convicted of any of these things that they're uh, uh, claiming that he's done, the insurrection stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, this whole, this whole premise that we have to destroy democracy in order to save democracy is nuts. But I mean, hey, this is where we're at right now. And it's just going to get crazier. I think this 2024, I think, is going to be a very, oh, man, buckle up. That's all I have to say. It's buckle up. Buckle up, everybody. Get ready. Um, all right, Adam, thanks for bringing us this story. We will talk to you again tomorrow, as always. And hang tight. We're going to be back with Andy Worthington right after this here on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. 13 Israeli hostages released uh, as part of that ceasefire deal uh, 49 days after they were taken hostage. 49 days. So that still leaves about 225 to 227 more hostages. Uh, I'm with John Bolton, the former national security advisor to Donald Trump. I'm with Britt Hume of, uh, of Fox News. I'm with a bunch of other people who say this gives Hamas too much time to do whatever they want to do, to do whatever they need to do, to regroup, to rearm, to re-strategize. And as much as you want the hostages back, it can't be at the expense of the other part of the mission, which is to destroy Hamas. I think it's a mistake. Steve Malzberg on TNT Radio. When a crisis hits close to home and across the globe, nonprofits are on the front lines ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed, and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing. Nurturing. Rescuing. Honoring, protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. Without CO2, the world stops breathing. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right. Our guest today is Andy Worthington. If you are a regular listener to this show, you know that I talk about Andy. Uh, anytime Guantanamo is brought up, I mention Andy Worthington. Um, he is, in my opinion, the guy for all things Guantanamo. He's been on the front line of that fight for many, many years. Unfortunately, it has been many, many years. Uh, he's also been doing a lot of recent writing on the genocide taking place in Gaza. We're going to talk about that a little bit as well. He's an investigative journalist, an author, campaigner, and public speaker. You can find him on Twitter at Guantanamo Andy. And if you would like to check out his work, and also he's doing a fundraiser currently. Uh, so head over to andyworthington.co.uk, check out his work and make a contribution so that he can continue into 2024. So Andy, welcome back to the show. Happy New Year, my friend. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, Misty. It's great to be talking to you again. 
Yeah, it's always good to talk to you. And obviously, there's much to discuss, unfortunately. So um, I want to get into the work that you've been doing on Gaza. Um, obviously, that's the topic of the day. And then uh, towards the end, I want to get an update here on Guantanamo. Unfortunately, it is still open and housing many people who have been approved for release that had just not been released yet. But let's t- let's first start with Gaza. Um, so first of all, kudos to you. Um, uh, you started tweeting about this uh, fairly soon after uh, the genocide uh, broke out. Um, somebody called you out on Twitter and said that you had been uh, silent on this in the past and you uh, owned up to that and you apologized for it. You said, better late than never. Uh, sorry it took a genocide to make me speak out and sorry for having spent so many years fearing that putting a target on my head via speaking out publicly about Israel's crimes would be detrimental to my Guantanamo work. And the reason I want to bring that up is because this kind of integrity is so rare and admitting that, listen, I was uh, afraid to speak, but I'm not going to be silent anymore, I think is so rare. So kudos to you for doing that. What is it about this uh, this latest flare up of the situation that made you uh, that made it impossible for you to stay silent? Well, I think it was, you know, as I as we've all been realizing, but I hope I realized it quite quickly was that um, this was genocidal in intent. The the response by uh, the Israeli government to the attacks that took place on October the 7th so quickly became something um, on a scale that 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 nobody has seen before. And, you know, this is. This is a, a small and densely packed area of land that has regularly been attacked um, by the Israelis since they, um, you know, first cut them off from the world um, 17 years ago. Um, but I think within a week it was clear that, um, that that something much more extraordinary was happening and that um, their intent was to kill as many people as possible. Um, you know, there were a number of things going on here. One. You know, I think at the beginning, everybody um, with an interest in international humanitarian law and human rights and knowing about the long and fraught history of Israel and, and Palestine was aware that this was collective punishment. Um, from the beginning, I think a few people started to speak about genocide. Um, and then, you know, the enforced displacement story is something that has developed over the last few months. So initially, you know, the first time we got of it was that they were that they were ordering everybody in the north of Gaza, so a million people, to move to the south of Gaza, and you know, and various spokespeople had said so that so that they could completely make the north of Gaza um, uninhabitable, that no one would be able to return there. And you know, if you've seen some of the aerial photos um, lately from northern Gaza, they pretty much achieved their aims. The destruction yeah. is a, a, of a level that I mean, it makes it look like like Hiroshima. Um, it, it's just unbelievable the extent of the destruction. But, you know, what's happened over the time that this has gone on of having moved everyone, tried to move everyone to the south, um, there are now hundreds of thousands of people whose homes have been destroyed who's moved to the south, telling them, lying to them that it would be safe to do so. It hasn't been. Killing them on the way, bombing them when they're there pushing them into an ever smaller area of land. Again, which people watching closely saw that they spoke about publicly quite early on. And now with this intention of um, of the uh, forced displacement from Palestine of the entire Palestinian people of the Gaza Strip, which is so fundamentally illegal, um, is not officially backed by any of the people who are supporting Israel, of whom the major um, player is the United States. But... Um, what have they been talking about behind the scenes as they've been arranging 
for this to happen because at some very high level, um, the colossal loss of life has been endorsed by the United States government. And it is hard to imagine that what hasn't been discussed is, well, the only way to really deal with this endless problem that the poor Israelis have with the Palestinians is to remove them entirely from the picture. Um, You know, so, so endorsing at the highest level this notion that, well, those that we don't kill will have to be removed permanently from their, their homeland. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think we're all struggling. I mean, you know, I, um, I realize that Anthony Blinken has a certain coherence of mind and is very wedded to the Zionist cause. With Joe Biden, he seems to me to be a man whose brain is um, broken, who's ossified, <laughs> who is stuck yeah. in, um, in his... Um, Great appreciation and love of Israel from 50 years ago. Um, His great friendship with Netanyahu and his uh, his inability, it seems to me, to realize that this is on a scale unlike anything, um, is uh, is unable to realize that that his ossified belief in the supremacy of the Israelis counts more than plummeting poll figures, for example. I mean, Mm -hmm. where is the... Where is the voice of political sanity to say, hang on a minute, when things become really unpopular, don't we have to start changing changing our plans? So, it is very strange, you know? right? Like it is uh, the idea that, um, and listen, I, I don't think that uh, they were really ready for the idea that this was going to be so globally and hugely unpopular. Generally speaking, support for Israel has been uh, relatively easy for them to drum up. I think before this, I think most people were afraid to speak against Israel. They were afraid to be called anti-Semitic and all of that stuff. That has certainly failed. That that narrative uh, that they have been pushing for so long, I think they've overplayed their hand there. But um, I think we are starting to see some cracks in that armor. I mean, for example, as you just talked about, listen, Israel's not been shy about their intentions here. And that's why it's so um, amusing and frustrating to me when people try to pretend as if this is not a genocide. They openly discuss it all the time. They regularly say uh, very very genocidal things. They they, they make their intentions uh, very well known. And so uh, 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 Israeli Minister Smotrich uh, recently called for ethnic cleansing, which you just spoke about. Um, uh, Ben Gvir has also spoken about it. And so Matthew Miller, who's the state Department Spox had to release a statement today and he said, quote, the United States rejects the inflammatory and irresponsible statements from Israeli ministers Smotrich and Ben Gvir. There should be no mass displacement of Palestinians from Gaza. So I think that the pressure is certainly mounting on the United States. I don't think it's going to be enough for them to uh, back off their support for Israel. As you just mentioned, not only are they endorsing the mass slaughter of innocent Palestinian civilians, they are uh, providing the weaponry for them to do it. Um, And they have said they've been questioned on it. Is there any, uh, are there going to be any conditions on the arming and funding of Israel through this situation? And they said, no, Israel has a blank check. They can do whatever they want to do. There's nothing that we, there's, that's a red line for us. We will continue to send weapons regardless. And so, but I do think that there, we are starting to see the pressure mount, especially moving into an election year. I'm not sure how much it's really going to matter or how, if it will be a, a significant enough to stop the genocide on Gaza. But I do think that they are starting to feel some of that pressure. So we have to take a quick break and get headlines. But hang tight. We're going to be back with more here on TNT Radio. I got a news flash for you. News flash. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. In the wake of catastrophic earthquakes that struck Japan on New Year's Day, rescue operations are intensively underway to save people trapped under the debris. 
The Times has reported that Britain's arsenal has been significantly depleted due to continuous arms supplies to Ukraine since February of 2022, amounting to over 4.6 billion pounds. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un announced plans to enhance the country's military capabilities in 2024, including the launch of three new espionage satellites. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, we are here with journalist and activist Andy Worthington, who is, as I always say, the Guantanamo guy. Uh, He's also doing a fundraiser currently over on his website, andyworthington.co.uk. His work is invaluable. I cannot say that enough. Um, So if you feel so inclined, head over there and contribute so that he can continue that work uh, into 2024. Um, So uh, we're not talking about Guantanamo right now. We're going to dive into that a little bit later. Uh, Andy's also been doing a lot of really great work on the situation that's happening in Gaza. Um, And I mean, yeah, as we were just talking about, uh, there is a lot of pressure mounting um, on the United States. I think that they have had to publicly be very careful about, they're trying to walk a very tight line. It's kind of, if it weren't so horrific and um, dangerous and genocidal, it would be funny watching them try to balance their support for Israel with the uh, placating of the American citizenry. It is interesting to watch that play out. Um, but we are seeing, as you just said, this is unprecedented, Andy. We have seen, uh, I mean, the death toll numbers are staggering. And th- frankly, I think they're grossly underreported. Um, but uh, as of December 14th and your arc- your latest article, you mentioned that it's nearing 25,000. I think we're now nearing 30,000 dead. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I think it's over 30,000, yeah. I think very likely, yeah. And I think uh, th- this what's significant to me is um, the number of women and children. That it's, I think it's anywhere between... 70 and 90% of those killed are women and children. Um, Not to discount the importance of Palestinian men. Obviously, they are um, just as innocent and just as worthy of their lives. Um, But I think that that just shows to me anyway that this was never about destroying Hamas. This is about destroying Palestinians. Yeah, and I think the really shocking thing, Misty, is that it's been obvious really from the very beginning. From the very beginning, they were dropping such heavy weaponry onto residential blocks, um, completely destroying them, completely destroying them. And everybody who was there was a civilian. And they are still doing it. They're doing it today. They will drop a bomb that destroys an entire residential block. Dozens, sometimes over 100 people are killed as a result of it. Now, you know, Israel has made um, only, I think, one feeble attempt to claim... um, that they suggested that up to 40% of the people that they've been killing um, are Hamas terrorists. Um, And absolutely extraordinary and unfounded and um, unverifiable number. The the figures that I've been studying that seem to have the most accuracy and, you know, and they've certainly been backed up by Western medical experts um, assessing that, yes, these figures seem, seem very credible. Um, so, you know, we're over 30,000 now in the numbers of people dead. And the Euro, the Euro made human rights monitor, which is based in Geneva and draws its information from Hamas, has included the people buried under the rubble, you know, who are now dead, very certainly. Um, and their estimate is that the number of people killed who are not civilians is 7%. So 93% of the people who have been killed in these merciless bombings that continue day after day after day after day. One one person killed every four minutes since October the 7th um, are civilians. Um, 
And there has never been any justification for that. There's never been any justification for that kind of slaughter of trapped, a trapped civilian population. The scale yeah. of the deaths of the, ch of the children, of the civilians, is higher than any war that we've seen um, in terms of how many people have been killed over such a short amount of time. And the fact that, that this has gone um, unopposed from, from the beginning, when almost from the beginning it was clear that the scale of this um, had no, there was no justification. This was absolutely um, an attempt to kill as many civilians as possible. And, you know, yeah. Misty, you, your listeners, so many of us around the world uh, feel sick, genuinely, physically sick. Yes. Um, having, to, having to somehow process that our governments are supporting this and that this has been the case for, for nearly three months now. And that's yeah. the only bright light there is in this, really, apart from the, you know, unbelievable courage and, and, and steadfastness of so many Palestinian people. Imagine being a Palestinian medic. How could there be other heroes on Earth? Right. But, you know, the, the only good thing that's come out of it for the rest of the world is that the decent people of the world surprised Israel, surprised our leaders by our numbers, by the numbers of people who had it in front of their eyes, a genocide in real time, and just went, are you kidding me? You, this, is, this is not, how is this possible? This is not yeah. acceptable. But here we are, you know, nearly three months in, and the South African genocide um, document that's been submitted to the International Court of Justice is devastating. I just hope, I hope that can help in some way. Yes, I would love to see numerous other countries sign on to that. And you mentioned that uh, a person every four minutes is killed. We should also mention that a child every 10 minutes. I don't think yeah. people recognize. And it's very strange to me that because I mean, maybe it's because I'm a mother. I don't know. But it's when I hear about, first of all, half of the population of Gaza are under the age of 18, kids, children. Um, and so when you see Israel dropping these 2000 pound bombs indiscriminately, not to mention they're using what are called dumb bombs, which they're called called dumb bombs because they can't be controlled. There is no targeting. There's no specific uh, target that they hit. They just blow up and kill everything in its uh, path. Um, and they're using these weapons, um, as you mentioned, on residential areas, on hospitals, on schools, on refugee camps, you name it, they're bombing it. And so it is absurd to me that anyone is trying to pretend as if this is uh, the intention here is to destroy Hamas. This is not how you destroy Hamas, Andy. This is how you recruit for Hamas. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. It, it's insane that they think that this is going to destroy Hamas. It is absolutely not. And that's not the intention here. Would you agree? Yeah, well, absolutely. And, you know, their claims that they've made about their, the, about the accuracy that they think is acceptable is also illegal unto international humanitarian law. So you'll have read about the AI program that they've got, where they're identifying what they claim, how reliable is their intelligence, but they're claiming that the AI is generating addresses where, where very low-level people allegedly associated with Hamas are, which they're then using as the justification for destroying the entire residential block. There, there is no basis under international humanitarian law that that amount of um, civilian death to allegedly target somebody is acceptable. Um, yeah. If they wanted to find these people, they should have been going in there with ground forces and not dropping the bombs. But, um, yes. you know, they're, they're uh, cowardly, 
and um, I suspect militarily quite useless, um, mm -hmm. that their greatest strength is um, dropping huge amounts of bombs on people. And, you know, Israel is not alone. Let's look at the countries that are backing Israel. Let's look at what the United States does to other countries to subdue them with their powerful military force. How much of this is on the ground? Most of it is through, again, through vast amounts of bombing, just not yeah. generally on the scale of this. This is a scale that, that it is, it's just beyond belief. It is, it is, and it's so, um, again, it's so insane to me that this is it, it, this is taking place on center stage of the world stage in broad daylight. They're not shy about it. We're seeing, and also you mentioned uh, unbelievably courageous Palestinian medics. We need to also talk about the journalists who were on the ground there who are fully aware of the fact that absolutely. they are being targeted for assassination. Many of them. I think we're no, uh, over, over yeah. 100 journalists have been killed since this thing has uh, kicked off, and that's not including the family members of those journalists who were also targeted and murdered. Um, um, so it is because of those journalists who um, refuse to leave, who are staying there and showing the world the reality of the situation that is taking place. I mean, Israel likes to claim that they're all worried and they're all afraid for their lives. And then you go on TikTok and you see all of these Israelis out at nightclubs and going to dinner. And then you look at what's coming out of Gaza. There's no nightclubs. It is people literally running for their lives. It's people trying to dig their children out from rubble. It is people missing limbs. It's kids who are dead. Uh, the, it, the, the contrast couldn't be more stark and so um I, I it is just it's mind-blowing to me that this is taking place and that uh there is so much western support for it and that there hasn't been um uh and i guess it just speaks to the power of uh, uh you know western imperialism and it is um uh, it's very frustrating if i feel very helpless because there's not much i can do to stop it as a human being no. um no it's i mean very that's frustrating. The, the, yeah, that's the thing we all have that horrendous helplessness every day because yes if we are not to see the total collapse of of you know all of the post-war establishment of human rights of international humanitarian law if we're not to see the total collapse of that then then eventually the senior israeli people who are responsible for this will have to be held accountable because yes. you know as we've been talking about they haven't been shy the thing about genocides is that they're supposed to be conducted away from the eyes of people Mm -hmm. These are people who went on television to announce what they were going to do. Um, yeah. they, their guilt is there if someone can build a case against them. And, I, and of course, it's much more serious, I think, than that. Because I think the complicity is with all of the Western leaders, is with mm -hmm. all of the um, major Zionist influencing um, organizations and individuals in the countries of the West who are yep. also reciting the same attempted justifications for genocide, pretending that there are justifications for genocide when, you know, there, there clearly aren't. And there's we're, never we're, a justification it, it, for genocide. There is just, there's just no, never, there isn't. ever, never, ever, no. ever is there a justification for genocide. Okay, listen, we got to take However another quick break. You... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, we just, we have to take another quick break, but hang tight. We're going to be right back with more here on TNT Radio. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor, creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. 
They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. The impact of a meal goes well beyond feeding our bodies. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Everyone deserves to live a full life. And with your help, together we can end hunger. Join the movement at feedingamerica.org slash act now. Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio TNT. All right. We are here with journalist and activist Andy Worthington. We were just having a conversation about Gaza, but I do want to shift gears because, as I've mentioned several times, Andy is the guy for Guantanamo information. He's been on the front line of that battle for a very long time. He's been instrumental in uh, uh, helping to get a lot of those uh, uh, prisoners freed. So um, uh, obviously uh, you've been doing incredible work there, but um, Guantanamo remains open, unfortunately. How many men are left now uh, being detained who have been approved for release, Andy? Okay, Misty, well, there are 30 men held there in total, and 16 of those men have been unanimously approved for release by high-level U.S. government review processes. Um, the shortest amount of time that anybody has been waiting since they were told the U.S. no longer wanted to hold them um, is over a year. Um, but they, some of the men held there were approved quite early in Biden's presidency, so they've been waiting quite a long time now. Uh, one man was approved for release at the end of the, the um, Trump presidency. <coughs> and there are, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. There are also three men there who were approved for release um, early on in the Obama presidency, who, uh, for one reason or another, never got freed. Um, so when, uh, yeah, basically it's 14 years since they were told the U.S. no longer wanted to hold. But these yeah. are 16 men approved for release. and. You know, people must be thinking, well, why have they not been freed? And the particular reason that they haven't been freed is that there is um, there is nothing to make it an urgent and inescapable obligation for the United States government to free them. These men were not released through anything to do with the courts. They, they were not released through anything to do with the rule of law. They were approved for release through um, administrative review processes that have no legal weight. Um, and that's the great shame about it. And the important thing that I would like to point out to anyone who's watching this um, and listening to this is that when Guantanamo was first set up, which is nearly 22 years ago, 22 years ago on the 11th of January, so next week, when it was first set up, the Bush administration chose it outside the US mainland. So it would be a place where these men had no recourse to the, to the law at all. That was the point. The point was to hold human beings without any rights whatsoever. No rights whatsoever. Un, almost unthinkable um, to, to have set this up in a country that claims to respect the rule of law. But that was the case. And, you know, and it took years of lawyers fighting through the courts to get rights for the men that were unfortunately subsequently taken away by other judges. But um, 
22 years on, these men, despite having been approved for release, are as fundamentally without rights now as they were when the prison first opened. That's what people need to understand. They've been approved for release by an unenforceable process. They cannot appeal to anybody. There is no way that they can oblige the Biden administration to release them if, um, as is evidently the case, they're dragging their heels and they're not prioritizing it. And I have to say that, unfortunately, it seems to be the case that, um, that Israel's um, um, actions in Gaza and, um, and what that has done to the politics of the Middle East um, has um, shunted these release men to the back of the queue again. As far as we understand, there were discussions underway um, with somewhere in the Middle East where these men would be resettled. Um, and who knows when that's going to be brought back into focus. So, you know, those are the, the plight of these men is, I suppose, the most severe. But actually, there are three other men at Guantanamo, never charged, um, who have not been approved for release through an administrative review, review process. So, you know, these are genuine forever prisoners in the sense that the United States won't even concede that it has no right to hold men that it is never charged with the crime. Three of these men are still held. And one of them is Abu Zubaydah, who was the, the man they invented the torture program for, pretending that he was number three in Al-Qaeda. There were people within the intelligence establishment who knew that was a lie. But um, they, you know, they horribly tortured him and set up a program that was then used on um, you know, at least um, 119 prisoners is the official total we know of people tortured in the Black Site program. Um, and then the 11 men who are somehow caught up in the uh, in the trial system at Guantanamo, which is, you know, a, a, an attempt at coming up with something that's legally acceptable. But they kind of invented it after 9-11. So that's a broken process as well that doesn't work. Um, yeah. And he we are nearly 22 years on it costs half a billion dollars a year to run guantanamo um and they're only holding 30 men there um they are the mo they must be the most expensive prisoners in the world i mean by by a huge margin yeah yes that's insane yeah and it's it, what's so i mean the entire the entire guantanamo situation is mind-blowing to me the idea that we opened up a torture facility and that it has been uh, almost 22 years now that it's been open is insane that it's uh i think uh, much as uh can be said about the fact that uh, the american public was very much kept in the dark about it i don't think most people and what's so frustrating and i think that we talked about this the last time you were here is that now that you know we're, we're seeking to get it closed i think a lot of people think it's closed i think that there are genuinely yeah. a lot of people especially in the united states um who heard obama talk about closing it and so have kind of uh, warped that in their brains to think that guantanamo is officially closed and it's not i think that there are a lot of people who are completely unaware of the fact that it is still fully functional and is still holding 30 men. And the idea that these poor guys are just sitting there who have been approved for release and have no ability to um, put any legal pressure on them to do. I mean, how that that is, in my opinion, another form of torture, is it not? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I think throughout um, a form of torture is to hold people with no idea of when, if ever, their imprisonment is going to come yeah. to an end. But however broken our legal systems may be, and I know absolutely that on the US mainland, the legal system is so broken 
that so many people who never did anything have to accept plea deals and go to prison for a long time for things that they never did. This is wrong and this is broken. But if you're talking about torture, someone who is told how long their prison sentence is knows when that's going to end. Someone yeah. who is told that they are serving a life sentence without parole knows what that means. But when you imprison people on an open-ended basis so that they never know, every day they wake up never knowing, will I ever leave here or not? Because no one will tell me anything. That is definitely a form of mental cruelty that I suspect, uh, you know, rises to the level of torture. Yeah, for sure. That's what it's interesting. Oh, go ahead, if, I, if I could just say, Misty, I think it's very interesting that point about Obama because I meet people, I meet, you know, I meet educated people, I meet Democrats who yeah. think that it closed. I think there are political analysts of, of the worst kind, the manipulative kind of PR mind bending people. I think that Obama's statement that he was going to close Guantanamo and then didn't do it, and all the people who believed it has been is one of the major things in the last 15 years that has that has eroded the meaning of the news and the meaning of what politicians say with all of the effects that we've seen over the last 15 years. That These people recognize that if you say something as the president or as the prime minister, you can get people to believe that it happened without yes. it actually having to happen, which completely yep. does away with uh, with any credibility that politicians need to have um you know and and i think that's a that was a major contributor to the world that we're in now where nobody knows 100%. who to trust when they say anything about anything <laughs> yeah well we just saw a great example of that we were just talking about gaza joe biden went on national tv and said that he saw videos of beheaded babies he didn't because it doesn't exist but he said it out loud and that just um, further uh, entrenched that idea, that narrative into a certain percentage of people's minds. Um, obviously, not everybody. There were people who, uh, uh, I mean, when I heard the beheaded baby story, I immediately thought, right, incubator baby, sure, I believe you. Um, and listen, Israel has a history of lying about this kind of stuff. So people who've been paying attention to this conflict, hate even calling a conflict, the occupation and brutalization of Gaza. Um, I think a lot of those people were immediately skeptical. But to have Joe Biden, the president of the United States, go on national television, world television, really, and tell everybody that he saw a video of beheaded babies. Uh, I think that that is exactly what you're speaking to. And yes, I think that I think that that is uh, very significant that people are just uh, it, it's very easy to manipulate people. It's very easy to implant a storyline into the yeah, global population's yeah, yeah. mind. Yeah, it's it's fascinating the way with, that it works. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing with Biden and that comment is that, um, as far as I understand it, reading about it, his advisors told him that that was not a verified fact and that he shouldn't have said it, but he said it anyway. So my he said problem it a couple is, times. <laughs> my problem yeah. is, is that because he's he's mentally incapable of holding high office or is it, you know, I really fear that it is. I fear that he's like yeah. a broken machine and he yes. sticks on something. He glitched on that. 40 beheaded babies, 40 beheaded, and he can't hear, um, he can't even hear the people saying that hasn't been verified. Because, yeah. you know, you should, if you're going to be responsible as a, as, um, as a leader, you should be aware of exactly when you're pushing um, at, the, at the envelope of truth. You should know if you say something that afterwards, if somebody says that wasn't verified, you can say, yeah, okay, but I thought I'd go with it. 
I can't imagine Joe Biden having these kind of coherent conversations. No, I just I, I don't think just, he's oh. <laughs> yeah. and I hate to laugh because but, it's serious, but, I mean, like it's, it was it's a serious thing, but he so is not. Damaging. Yeah, he's no, not well. I mean, it was all right up until October the 7th. It was like, OK, you've got you've got an incapable really need somebody who can think, who can, you know, who can comprehend the enormity of it and that yeah. can comprehend the power that the United States has, which is which is. They have capitulated to, to Israel and everything that they want. And what they want, as we were talking about earlier, is like, here's the script. This is a genocide script. Yeah. This is a kill them all script. This is a annihilate Gaza. It's like, I'm sorry, guys, what, what on earth were you doing? What are you doing yeah. still that you're endorsing? Your, well, it's not even just Gaza, too. Gaza's... Gaza's just the appetizer, Andy. They want, I mean, and there are, listen, the, what's so fascinating to me about the Israel situation is that they are out here claiming to be the victim and they're bombing three different countries right now today, Lebanon, Syria, and Gaza, Palestine. Um, and yeah. while, while pretending as if they are some kind of victim and that's just so absurd. It, it's so, it, it, it's, that's what, that's what I think, you know, we hear them talk about how Russia, if Russia gets through Ukraine, they're going to take over Europe. That's essentially what Israel wants to do. They want to get through Gaza. Gaza, and then they want to take over the rest of Middle East. They want to take over Lebanon, Syria. They want greater Israel. Well, this has been a conversation yeah, for a very long time. You know, there's the whole greater Israel plan, isn't there? And that yes. is when we, you know, when we come back to where we were on October the seventh, and you know, for so many people, the world began on October the seventh. Yeah, they can't even remember what happened last December when Netanyahu and his far right government with those two guys, Smotrich and Ben Gavir, that you mentioned, fanatically mm -hmm. far-right fascists in the government yes. and governments around the Western world slightly freaking out about it and all the terrible stuff that happened earlier this year with the judiciary and all the pogroms that started when, yep. when places like the State Department were very vocally critical and then suddenly October the seventh, and it's like it's yeah. like oh no no now these guys are unassailable. They're really the best of the best. It's yeah. like are you insane? We all and they're know also trying to regurgitate. Yes, they're trying to regurgitate the unprovoked line that they used with Ukraine. This has been uh, how dare Hamas attack Israel unprovoked? Unprovoked? Are you joking? There's been decades of occupation and brutalization. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, the Nakba. I mean, we you, we could go back through all of history. Really, you're going to pretend like this was unprovoked? It's absurd on its face, and that's just it. That's what it makes it so frustrating that people buy into it. It's just it, I, I realize the propaganda game is very strong, but it's this one to me is so easy this is such a gray black like there's no gray it is very black and white there's an occupier and the occupied there is a, there, th this one's very simple to me and it's uh, so it's very frustrating that so many people are uh still buying into it okay listen andy we're out of time unfortunately um i would love to have you back anytime you're welcome whenever you want to come on but tell everybody where they can find you and where they can support your work they can find me as you mentioned a few times misty and thank you at andyworthington.co.uk and I also run a site called closedguantanamo.org. The 22nd anniversary is um, on the 11th of January, so it's next Thursday. Um, if you go to my sites, you'll find information about what you can do on that day. I have a photo and poster campaign. We're holding vigils um, across the U.S. and around the world 
to encourage people to do their bit to remind Joe Biden that we haven't forgotten about Guantanamo. And people need yes. to know it's harder getting people, a man, one man out of Guantanamo than it is to get blood out of a stone. But I've been doing this for, what, 17, 18 years? The fact yeah. is, if people, if people did not make the noise, there would have been less people released. It does actually make a difference. It makes a difference what we do. And let's just hope, Misty, that the millions, the tens of millions, the hundreds of millions, is it the billions of people who detest what is happening in Gaza that we can all make a difference? This yes, year, I, I really hope so. Yes, it's been I'm great very, to talk I, to you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming. You Again, you're welcome anytime. I appreciate you very much. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with another show for you. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now, and don't go anywhere. There's more coming up right after this on TNT Radio.